remarkable slip from Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, it's a great finish. What a goal that is. Lovely build-up play from Sheffield United. the latest from across the steel city this is football forum a very good afternoon to you welcome along to the now fully vaccinated football forum here on spotify apple Podcasts, and amazon music as well joseph hadfield here to guide you through the weekend's action and as ever we'll do it in the company of josh chapman and connor thorpe afternoon fellas good afternoon afternoon it's the show where we discuss the blades and the owls and look at all the big talking points from across the steel city so here's what's on the agenda this afternoon Struggling to score in South Wales. The Blades get their first point on the board, settling for a Swansea stalemate. Take a Bounen. Captain Barry with a wonder strike to send Wednesday on their way to a 2-0 win in the Darren Moore derby against Donny. Then we also turn our attention to the midweek action as Wednesday welcomed Fleetwood on Tuesday night before United on Wednesday are on the road again looking to get three points in the baggies. As a round of unpredictable, are those two still t- top and leg- level pegging after the second round? On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum. Whether your stripes are red or blue, we are Sheffield's number two. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So great to have you with us on the programme, and it? If, if something just feels right, the three of us uh, back together on a programme again. Uh, Chappers, you've got the quiz question this week. Uh, absolutely, and this week is focusing on uh, the Championship Leagues 1 and 2. Uh, obviously, they're the only league so far uh, in uh, professional English football that have had two game weeks. Um, so, uh, ignoring the Premier League, I don't feel it's particularly fair to include that. Um, however, I want to know, um, after these first two game weeks, who are the teams, because there are two on the same, um, who have got the lowest goal difference um, in the Championship League 1 and League 2? There are two that have all those leagues that have got the lowest um, goal difference, or the worst goal difference, I should say, uh, and I want to know who they are. Well, uh, it's just a shame you're not included in the Premier League because obviously those sods up the road are are struggling with goal difference and good on them. Uh, well done, Man United. Uh, but Chappers is looking for the uh, the sides in the EFL that have got the worst goal difference so far after two matches. So, me and Connor have got until the end of the programme, and you as well, to, uh, to give us the correct answer. And uh, we'll look towards that and the answer for that at the end of the programme. But... Kicking things off, and we're going to start with Sheffield Wednesday this week uh, down in League One because uh, it was the Darren Moore derby. Sheffield Wednesday up against Doncaster Rovers. Uh, Darren Moore getting uh, a fairly decent uh, uh, welcome from the uh, the travelling support and uh, a full packed ca- capacity at Hillsborough uh, with all four sides of the ground open for the first time since the COVID pandemic. So let's find out how they got on in the company of Rob O'Neill and John Pearson. Fires on for Bannon, and Bannon goes for goal! And it's Barry Bannon with it! A rocket from 35 yards out. He found a way, and it's a special way. Wednesday have the lead against Doncaster Rovers. Brown's got space, can he get the crossover? Puts it into the centre, tipped away. Wednesday will get it! The Owls lead 
Doncaster by two goals to nil. So Sheffield Wednesday up against Doncaster Rovers. Chaps us the details of the Darren Moore derby. Absolutely. And, uh, well, Sheffield Wednesday got their first three points of the season as two quick-fire goals in the second half was enough to beat local rivals Doncaster Rovers and in the Darren Moore derby, as Joseph has affectionately named it. Uh, the first half left a lot to be decided with only a few half chances for either side uh, and nothing really clear-cut. Kyle Knoll had the best opportunity uh, for Donny Rovers after a nice uh, Doncaster move, but his first-time effort was saved comfortably by B- uh, Bailey Peacock-Farrell in the Wednesday goal. The Owls were far, uh, by far the better team in the second half and after a few good opportunities, it was Barry Bannon who broke the deadlock with just under 20 minutes to go, picked up the ball 25 yards out and unleashed a venomous effort into the top corner. Six minutes later on Wednesday, made it two. Across from the left was only tipped back into danger from Pontus Dahlberg in the Rovers' net and Dennis Adeniran uh, was on hand to hook home into the bottom corner with a little help from the upright. 2-0 it finished, Wednesday's first three points of the season and here is what Darren Moore had to say. It was important to um, start the league campaign at home with um, three points and um, I'm just really pleased we managed to sort of um, get the three points which was which it was all, all about today. I thought it was a good game, I thought um, Doncaster came and set their stall out and they played some good stuff which we knew they would. So now really pleased with the, with the afternoon's work. Um, and we move on. Darren Moore there talking after his side's uh, 2-0 victory uh, against local rivals Doncaster Rovers. And Connor, what did you think about your, your team's performance on the weekend? Pretty mixed. I think um, the first half was difficult for us. I think we struggled at times. I think we started off really well in the first 10 or 15 minutes. We were on top. We were counter-pressing Doncaster quite well. They struggled to get out. Um, and once that sort of energy of the first 10 or 15 minutes had worn away, we um, we allowed them to get control of the ball and they started controlling possession a lot more in that first half, especially through the likes of um, John Bostock and Ethan Galbraith. Um, they were probably the better, they were the better side in the first half. I think that's that's fair to say. We struggled really to influence the game in the way that we'd want to. Um, and, and Doncaster, they had a lot more of the ball, or they had a, f- a fair bit more of the ball. But again, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like they were cutting us open. It was. Uh, you know, they didn't really create too many chances. They did have the better chance in the first half, but it wasn't a case of them creating chance after chance. It was more of a case of them looking better in their own third, in the middle third, and then maybe struggling to to cut through us and have that cutting edge. And I think that's what they lacked throughout the game, really. And I think the biggest difference was the fact that we can call on someone like Barry Bannon, who can produce that moment of magic out of very little. It's a brilliant goal from Bannon. He doesn't tend to score scruffy goals. If he did, he'd have a lot more goals to his name, I think. Um, but it sometimes takes that to open a game up that's fairly close, fairly tight as it was. And um, from that point, we just improved. We seemed to, to grow in confidence a lot. And in that second half, I think you could see sort of see it was coming together a lot more. And it, we obviously know it'll take time. And especially from an attacking point of view, it will take time for that cohesiveness to to develop um for those for that little you know rotations and combination play to to really improve but I think you could probably say it was the same for Doncaster as well they've got more new players than us and, and to be fair in the first half they did look like more of a team I think Richie Wellens will be pretty impro- impressed with how quickly they improved from that performance against AFC Wimbledon but you know in the second half like say big moment from Bannon to open the game up and then we score four minutes after through a Denny run, maybe as Doncaster Elkins push a few more men forward. Brown gets into a good position on the left and pulls it back. And 
Um, I think there's enough there for us to be quite encouraged by it. It wasn't, uh, you know, I don't think the scoreline tells the full story of the game, um, but I don't think we're expecting us to look anywhere near what we're expecting us to look like in a few months, like we said, with all the new players coming in. So I think there's definitely signs there that we that we can be a good team. Um, and yeah, obviously, another clean sheet. We haven't conceded yet in 108, well, three games, if you take into account the Huddersfield game in, in normal time, we haven't conceded and that defensive partnering of Iofa and Hutchinson continues to look probably too good for this level, if we're being honest. And, you know, you mentioned there about how how Donny had the, probably the better of the first half and, and really it was Wednesday in the second half who, who kind of pulled it out of the bag. Maybe one of the things that influenced that was the the introduction of substitutions. Uh, Lee Gregory, George Byers, obviously coming, who, who recently joined from Swansea, uh, both coming on and making debuts. What did you think they their impact was in, and, and other substitutions? Yeah, I think Byers looks like a really good footballer. When I did the season preview, I, I kind of alluded to that, someone who wants to get on the ball and play forward. And I think what it allowed us to do more than anything was for Bannon to play a little bit higher because Bannon likes to pick it up from the defence and try and dictate the game. Um, but Byers is capable of, from it, from what we've seen of him, looks like he's capable of getting the ball and playing it forward and, and doing, what By, uh, doing what Bannon can do in that role. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be as good as Bannon, but he can certainly do that sort of job for the team. And it allowed Bannon to push further forward. And then that's how we got a goal. Byers, you know, just feeding up a pretty simple ball through to Bannon, who found himself in the final third, gets a shot off and it's a brilliant goal. And um, I think that's definitely what Byers introduced. He looked really calm, especially to say it was his debut. You know, he, he did the simple things well. And I was impressed by what I saw. Gregory, obviously, we, we knew he was... We wasn't we weren't expecting to start this game and to get half an hour as he did was, was pretty decent for him from a fitness point of view. I thought he put himself about. I thought he looked to get in behind. He didn't really let Williams or Anderson settle on the ball. And I think he caused a bit of panic up there, to be fair. He, he's quicker than I thought he would be as well for a man of his age. Um and although he didn't really get anything in the way of chances and you know probably didn't get on the ball as much as he'd like to. He certainly just caused him a bit of problems with his chasing down for the last half an hour. So I thought it was a useful sub for us to have. I know he, he was on the pitch for both goals. You know, can't say he was involved in them, but definitely in, in, in terms of allowing Canberry to give it his all for 60 minutes, as he did, and I thought he did pretty well. Um, and then allowing Gregory to come on when the defenders are tiring a bit and, and running behind it definitely gave us something different. So a decent start from both of them. And uh, hopefully with them both playing in that game against Man United on the 21s in midweek, it just allows them to build that match fitness up as well as playing in this one. And talked about as well, um, you know, you mentioned how Wednesday brought in a lot of new players this this summer, um, a lot, a lot of new players. One of those is Marvin Johnson, his first um, full debut uh, for Wednesday, obviously a former Sheffield United player. I, I was a little bit kind of hit and miss when he was with us. Um, how did he do for you? Um, I think he looked a bit off the pace, really. Um which we can accept. It's his first game. He's not really had a pre-season. He's not had that much of a chance to get to know his new teammates. I just think things that he tried didn't really come off. He made a couple of mistakes where he gave the ball away and could have led to a Doncaster attack. So certainly I ex I think there'll be more to come from Johnson. I think the, you know, Green as well. I think both wingers were pretty ineffective, to be fair. And you know, I've been saying that about Green for a few weeks now. Um, both of them coming off and Strangely enough, Dennis Adeni ran going out wide. I think we we looked a lot better as a front three. Um, you know, with Brown coming on as well, 
I just don't think they managed to influence the game in the way they'd want. But obviously, it's early days and we've got to give Johnson a chance to get up to speed. So Sheffield Wednesday there with a uh, first three points of the season, first win on the books and uh, their attention will turn to Tuesday night with midweek action back for them for the first time this season. And it's uh, it's the captain Pugwash team that, uh, that comes to Hillsborough in the form of Fleetwood Town. We'll see how they get on uh, in a few minutes time. But for now, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. You're with Football Forum here on Spotify. Much appreciating your company. So Wednesday's done. It's over to United now as uh, as their attention after the uh, the defeat that came uh, on the opening day against Birmingham and the, the 1-0 victory over Carlisle in the League Cup. Uh, for, the set, for their first away game of the season, it uh, it fell to South Wales and Swansea City, a team that had only just appointed Russell Martin as their manager in the uh, the last days of pre-season. Bit of a shaky defence Swansea had, especially as we saw in their opener against Blackburn. So could the Blades make it second time lucky and get their first three points in the league on the board? Well, there's no commentary and uh, Connor will explain why. Yeah, that's because it was a goalless draw in South Wales. Pretty drab affair, wasn't it? I think United and Swansea fans would both agree. And it was Swansea who in the first half had all the possession, but didn't really create that much. It was only one real opportunity of note when Joel Latabodier's shot was saved by Jack Robinson and Liam Cullen slipped. Ended any hope of really Swansea taking the lead in that situation. In the second half, United seemed to improve as the, as the game went on, really. Um Ryan Brewster sending a half volley over the bar um, and David McGoldrick having a couple of chances, wasting a shot from 15 yards out and then heading one wide after good work from Sander Berger. But it was a goalless draw in Swansea and here's what Slavicia Kanovic had to say. OK, we've, we play one uh, decent, regular uh, game. Uh, they didn't create uh, a lot of the things, but for be honest, uh, we didn't uh, create enough chances for uh, for uh, for looking for uh, for uh, for uh, three points. Of course, it's, uh, we need to keep going forward. Uh, it's lots is working hard, and I hope we will start to play still better, uh, offer a better performance, and looking for best results. We'll start with you, Chappers. You were watching on TV, just like Joseph. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well, to be honest. It, it was a very drab affair, wasn't it? Um, definitely not one for the history books um, in terms of a classic. Um, but to be fair, if I look as, a, as an overall picture, I think it's good we didn't lose. Um, you know, it's the first point of the season. I think that's a, that's a positive. Yeah, I don't think it was um, a particularly brilliant performance from us. Um, like you said, I thought we, we got better in the second half. First half, I thought we were really poor. We couldn't really get anywhere near the ball, um, which was partly to do with Swansea keeping it well and moving it about quite nicely. But it was also partly to do with us being wasteful in possession. We, you know, we had hints of last season where we'd get the ball, just hoof it long, and and that was it. We, you know, we'd have to reset again because it'd get picked up by Swansea or the opposition, and we, you know they'd come back and we'd have to try and win it back again. Um, second half, I thought we were a lot better um, compared to the first half. Anyway, we were. We started to dictate the game a little bit better. We started to play through the thirds a little bit nicer. Um, created a few opportunities. You mentioned, obviously, David McGoldrick missing a couple. That one from 15 yards, he really should be burying that. I know his blushes were spared by a, an incorrect linesman's flag. Um, I'd have been pretty annoyed if that had been ruled out because um, he was quite 
clearly onside. And I don't know how the linesman's not seen it, considering the player that's playing him onside. He's the one directly in front of him. Um, but anyway, spared his blushes. Mr. Header as well, which he should be doing better with. Excellent work from Sander Berger, which is what we need to see more of. I mentioned it on Thursday, whenever we did the show last um, in the United Review from Birmingham. We need to see Sander Berger driving forward more. But I think one of the reasons he doesn't is because there's so few midfield players. There's only him and Ollie Norwood in there. And I don't think he wants to leave Norwood short and get caught out, especially with Ikanovic wanting to play quite a few attacking-minded players in terms of Brewster, McGoldrick. You know, McBurney was on the pitch at one point. So was Sharp, Ollie Burke. You know, all attack-minded players. And I don't think Berger wants to, to leave Norwood exposed. But we saw against Birmingham that every time he drove forward, you know, he drove forward three times and three Birmingham players got booked for it because they just they had to foul him and bring him down because they couldn't get near him. Um, so we need to see more of that. But overall, it's you know it's good that we've got the first point on the board. We need to build on it. It's going to take time. Of course it is. Um, we need to bring some more signings in, which hopefully we'll talk about in a bit. Um, there's a lot of names flying about at the moment, but I'm not. I'm glad. I'm just glad we didn't lose. I don't think we deserve to lose. Not quite sure we did enough to deserve to win. Um, but overall, a point to point, and we're off the mark for the season. Some worrying stats that have been provided on the script. I say worrying. It's probably a little bit premature to be worried about about stuff like this. But United obviously not scoring. They've had the the joint tenth amount. That's sorry, the joint tenth amount of shots in the league. Shots on target. The joint second lowest amount in the league. The the problems seem to be going forward. Obviously, United have only conceded one goal in the first two games, which is fine. Joseph, what you know, we, we I think we expect United to be one of the most entertaining teams in the division over time uh, under Slavisa Kanovic. Why do you think that it's not quite worked out so far in terms of the, the attacking play? Well, you've got to think obviously that we had a, a shorter pre-season than we would have liked. Obviously, that Norwich game, I really think if we'd have been able to have that game, would have been a real test for us and a good idea of who really can make the grade in this championship season, because obviously Norwich back in the Premier League. I think it's going to be, I've said this numerous times, it's going to be a difficult season for us, the, the transition from the the Chris Wilder era and the Chris Wilder style of play that, that most of this squad has pretty much been accustomed to playing week in week out the sort of the overlapping center backs the the down the wing uh with the wing backs and what have you and it, it doesn't help in the sense that our first choice left back ender stevens is obviously out for injured injury wise perfectly good left back on the pitch uh, on the bench from saturday night reese norrington davis he didn't uh make an appearance at all uh so that raised a few eyebrows for me but i think with going forwards maybe it's a fact that the, the the strikers from last season are still a bit hungover from the fact that they struggled so much when it comes to to scoring that it's just it, it it's not as natural to them as it was from the previous championship season and whether that's to do with with it's it, it's a tougher season this season because uh we've come down you expect the relegated teams to go straight back up but maybe in our case it's not going to be as simple as we think it might be I think for me, we don't get up the pitch quick enough. I think that's a long and short bit. We don't get up the pitch quick enough. Um, too many times in these opening few matches, and including the game against um, Carlisle last week in the Cup, we end up just knocking it about round the back four, which is fine. You know, it's tidy, but you're not getting anywhere. And then we end up passing it into midfield. But then I say passing it into midfield, Ollie Norwood sat in between the centre-halves 
Sander Berger is kind of on the halfway line, but again, there's no outlet for him to pass forward to. So, and by the time we end up getting up the pitch, everybody's back for the opposition. And then we turn back and go home again. That's, that's half our issue as to why we don't score goals because we don't create enough chances because we don't get up the pitch quick enough. And I, I feel sorry for Rian Brewster up to a point because I just think, you know, the lad's never going to score a goal in the championship because you don't get the ball played to him enough. You know, he had, he had one opportunity on, on Saturday night. And, you know, it was a half chance on the edge of the area and he's, you know, blazed it over on the half volley. I don't, I don't remember him having another opportunity where he could have a pop and, and have a shot because nobody played the ball into him. And, and that's our issue. That's why we don't score, because we don't create enough chances and we don't get the ball up the pitch high enough. The amount, it was the same last season. I remember watching Match of the Day fairly early on in the season. I think it was October time, something like that. And Alan Shearer highlighted it. The amount of times we have an opportunity to cross the ball and we don't, we could stick a ball in first time and we don't, we play it back. Then we could stick that ball in, but we don't, we then play another pass and then we play back down the line. And then after five attempts, we either then stick the ball in and it's wasted or we go back to halfway. That's why we don't, you know, that's why we aren't scoring goals because we're not creating the chances for, you know, our attacking players to get on the end of them. And, and that is unfortunately one of our main issues at the moment. There's a lot of it to do with how high up you're winning the ball as well, because... We saw Swansea against Blackburn. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but we saw Blackburn press them high and Swansea just couldn't deal with it. They made mistake after mistake. Do you think United did enough of that sort of pressing on Saturday night to really cause Swansea those sort of issues? Not really. And I, I looked at Swansea's defence and thought there was, there was a few times where we were playing balls down into the channels or in behind and, and Swansea didn't know how to cope with it. And we didn't do that enough. We didn't exploit it. You know, we kind of stopped doing it. Um um, I don't think we pressed them high enough. I think we were fairly happy to to be quite contained in in our defensive rank, which obviously shows we're doing something right. You know, you look at the stats in terms of shots on target faced. You know, we've faced three shots on target in the first two games in the championship, which is um, the the best in the league. So obviously we're doing something right, but I don't think we're pressing high enough, high up the pitch. Um, and I, that's where I feel like we need to have a bit of a change of tactic really because I don't think Oli Burke works he don't do enough for me defensively you know Oli Burke is an excellent footballer right until the point he gets the ball at his feet and then he he forgets how to be a footballer for his sheer pace alone he is excellent but apart from that he doesn't offer anything um, and, and he doesn't work hard enough defensively there was time after time where Swansea came down their left hand side obviously our right and Baldock's outnumbered because you know they've they've created an overload because Ollie Burke's still halfway up the pitch and he's not he's not tracking back, you know. So as a result, we're overloaded all the time. And and I know Baldock was acting like a bit of a prat on Saturday, but I just fouled and everybody came into contact to for no reason um, and got himself a stupid booking early on. But you know, it it, call, it caused him further problems because he was outnumbered the whole time. And I don't think we press high enough up, up the pitch. To, to try and win the ball back. We shall see how Sheffield United get on and whether they can adapt to this new style of play uh, quite uh, in not a lot of time, shall we say, because obviously Sheffield United are back in action on Wednesday night. And we're going to look at that in a minute or two. But first up, Mr Chapman, or the uh, the self-appointed Saki so-and-so, as he's now called on this programme. Um, he is going to run us through all the regional action in the local roundup. Indeed I am, and it's not going to take very long this time, because obviously one of the teams I would usually cover, Donny Rovers, uh, we covered in the Wednesday game, and the other team, Chesterfield, where their season hasn't started quite yet. Starts this weekend though, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. 
But anyway, we're going to start in the Championship and Barnsley, where they got their season finally off to, uh, uh, or they got their first win of their season at the head of Coventry City um, at Oakwell, at Oakwell on, on Saturday. Uh, Dominic Frieger putting the, the Reds in front just before half-time. Uh, and that's how it stayed. Coventry missing a, a bit of a poor penalty at the end of the game, which would have uh, sealed a, a valuable point for them. But unfortunately, that was uh, stepped up and missed uh, by uh, the Sky Blues on Saturday. So 1-0 it finished in Barnes' first victory of the Championship season. Uh, that result, not that it really matters about the table at the moment because it's a bit congested, but that leaves Barnes in ninth in the Championship table as it stands. And moving down into League One, Rotherham's winning start couldn't be followed up uh, on Saturday, they travel to Wigan Athletic, who I really can't tell what kind of season we're going to have after last year. Uh, but anyway, they travel to Wigan Athletic, and uh, it was uh, Heartbreak Hotel late on for uh, Paul Warren's side. Will Keane with a 94th minute winner and to make that game finish 1 0 in Wigan's favour. Rotherham, after that result, after a good opening weekend and not so good second weekend, they come in sit 10th in the League One table. And that is your local roundup. Lovely stuff, Chappers. Right, attention is back to United on Wednesday as uh, they take on uh, more teams in League One and the Championship on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. It's the previews and it comes next. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Thanks for joining us here on Football Forum. Uh, we will stop calling it Sheffield's number two because it. Uh, we will find another another terminology for it, uh, but it will take a while. Right, onwards we go then to the previews for, uh, for the midweek action. And we're starting with Wednesday as they're playing on Tuesday. Um, Fleetwood are the visitors to S6. And Connor, realistically, Fleetwood, let me find the table. I'll find where they are. 22nd, yet to register a point uh, so far in this League One season. So there is potential uh, as Wednesday currently sits sixth. So not too bad. What, where The sort of ballpark you want to be. But how do you assess this Fleetwood game? Yeah, I mean, I try not to look at the table at this stage because obviously we may be sixth and they may be uh, pointless at the minute, but it's it's a very small sample size. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, this is... I haven't had the chance to watch Fleetwood because of the short turnaround and I will catch up with their game to see what they're like. So I can't really come from a position of great knowledge with Fleetwood. So let's just put that one out there. But I watched the highlights against Portsmouth. They looked like they had the better of the game, especially in the first half. And I've got who scored up now. They scored, they had eight shots to Portsmouth four in the first half. They ended up with 13 shots to Portsmouth nine and Portsmouth got the goal, which, which Fleetwood didn't manage to do. Um, and then at Lincoln, losing by two goals to one. And it's another game where they actually had more shots than, they, than their opposition. They had 11 shots. Lincoln had nine. And in the first half, uh, they had nine shots and Lincoln had five. So it's clear that this Fleetwood team has caused a few problems for teams who were pretty well fancied. They went one nil up at the weekend through Danny Andrew before Anthony Scully managed to score two. And it was an 87th minute winner from Scully who, who managed to take the game away from Fleetwood. So... I think this, although I didn't predict a great season for Fleetwood, they seem to have started the season playing okay, creating some chances. Um, the three-four-three system is what they've been using, according to who scored. And you know, you look at some of the the, the lineup that they've got, and 
I like um, Callum Morton, who was on loan with Northampton. Saw a bit of him for them when they won the playoffs and he's really energetic, just a, a bundle of energy, really, an absolute live wire. Didn't quite work out for him at, at Lincoln last season. I think he was on loan there. So I think, um, you know, we. I, I'm confident that we'll be able to to overcome this one. Um, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I'm not too sure how Fleetwood are going to set up. Like I said, I haven't seen them play this season. So, you know, concentrating on us, I think that, Certainly, if we manage to just keep on improving and developing, and I'm hoping that we will be able to, and we, you know, hopefully, as the games go on, we look a lot, a lot better team going forward, a lot more cohesive, and I think that's what we need to see on on Tuesday night because I think in the second half you could sort certainly see that the signs were there. So Sheffield Wednesday are taking on Fleetwood. It is a 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday night. Score prediction will come in a moment. Uh, And then once that's all done and dusted, United are back on the road on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, as they head to the Hawthorns, West Bromwich Albion. Um, Obviously, I think I'm right in saying the last team, apart from Brighton, that we beat. But I could be wrong. Uh, West Bromwich Albion against Sheffield United is an eight o'clock kickoff on Wednesday night. I bet Sky are going to get sick of us, especially with our uh, a dismal record in front of Gold Chappers. You will be at the Hawthorns in, however, you're right at the front, aren't you? Oh no, I'm not quite right at the front. I'm, I'm right at the front of a section, but I'm, I'm right at the front of like the top tier, if that makes sense. I think. Right. I don't really enough. know. I don't really know how the ground separated, but I'm. I'm definitely not at the front by pitch level. I can tell you that for free. Fair enough. Right. So uh, you will be there and uh, it will be a game that on balance will be the first big test for United in terms of their credentials for promotion. Yeah, I think it'd be a really tough game. Um, West Brom have had a a decent-ish start to their season. They put obviously three past Luton the other day, even though they did give them a bit of a scare at the end. Um, Luton obviously pulling a late goal back. Um, I actually had uh, West Brom to beat Luton 3-1 and then uh, on my Super 6. And uh, anyway, that was another story. So I'd have been a bit annoyed if, if the rest of them had come in and Luton had scored that late one. Um, but I think this would be, like I say, a really tough game. Uh, West Brom are obviously one of the favourites for promotion, as are we. Um, they've definitely had the better of the start of the season. Um, I think I, I, I was listening to Don Goodman on, on co-commentary on... Saturday night, and I really did want to put my foot through the telly at some points because he was driving me absolutely insane. Some of the stuff he was talking, <laughs> um, and he was talking about how if we, if United play like this on Wednesday night against West Brom, then we're going to get torn apart and blah blah blah. And I just thought, I don't think you're right, Don. You know, I don't think you're right. I don't think West Brom will tear us apart. I think we'll contain them fairly well enough. I think we've, I know we've only, and I don't want to say only played Birmingham and Swansea, but we've contained both of those teams pretty well Birmingham on a week last Saturday didn't have anything didn't offer anything after Maxime Collins scored that header and and even then they didn't offer anything before that personally I know they had a couple of I know Scott Ogan missed a bit of a sitter in the second half but thought we contained them very well overall um we just put ourselves into a bit of trouble by playing out from the back but that's a different story altogether um and I yeah I, I don't think West Brom are going to tear us apart um, I think it'd be a difficult game and obviously it goes without saying we really do need to pick our scoring form up and we need to find somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net but I think that comes from creating the chances for the lads to put the ball in the back of the net in the first place as I said about 10 minutes ago um, 
I've gone one way on my prediction. I, I, obviously, I don't want it to be true. Uh, we're going to come on to that in a minute. But I just really don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what we're going to do formation-wise. I think he'll stick with a four at the back. Um, it was good to see Basham back in there on Saturday. I thought he played better than he did against Carlisle. I thought he looked a bit of a bomb scare at centre-half when he played against Carlisle, to be honest. Um, I didn't necessarily fall out with Jack Robinson at left-back. I thought defensively he played pretty well. thought offensively he was not quite cutting the mustard. And I thought we looked a better team when Ben Osborne came on and gave us a little bit more energy on that left-hand side, mainly that left-wing position, really. Um, so, but again, I know he mentioned his name, Hadfield, Reese Norrington Davis. I'd quite like to see him. I thought he looked good against Carlisle. Again, it's difficult to judge, isn't it? Lower league opposition, but I thought he looked good and I thought he looked um, creative going forward and looked to get the ball high up the pitch and, and stick a decent delivery in. So, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him feature, but um, like I said, I thought Jack Robinson was, was very defensively sound at the back, uh, at left back on, on Saturday. Um, I do think we need a, another midfield player. I know hopefully we're going to come on to signings in a minute, but I think R Ronaldo Vieira for me absolutely slots straight into that team um, because we just look devoid of any, I don't know, devoid of any ability. I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, kind of not creativity, but Quality, I guess, is the word in that, in that midfield. And I know Sander Berger has quality in spades, but I don't think he gets the opportunity to to show it because he kind of feels, like I said earlier, he feels like he has to sit at the back um, and and not let the game pass him by kind of thing. But um, I think Vieira slots straight in there for me, especially in front of John Fleck, who, who didn't play at the weekend. But uh, after his first game, I'm not surprised, really. Um, so, yeah, don't really know how this is going to go. We desperately need to find the goals. We desperately still need to keep them at the other end. Um, and yeah, it could be a bit of a cagey affair, really. Well, as you mentioned, uh, there could be a one or two new faces in this United lineup. Ronaldo Vieira is one. The question is, where would he slot in in front of all the 400 strikers that you kind of itch? Uh, Birthday boy, you kind of itch, uh, insists on uh, on plowing onwards with. Could work. I hold my hands up if it is, if it does end up paying off. Ben Davis, we hear, is pretty much set. Uh, to move on loan from Liverpool to the Blades. And Amadiolo, you've put on the script here, Chappers, which is a name I've heard before, but not a lot about. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, this one. Um, Diallo was first mentioned yesterday. Um, that was the first time I saw him uh, mentioned about us wanting to bring him in on loan. And it's also been reported as well by TalkSport that we want to get him in uh, from Man United on loan as well. Today, well, we don't want to get him in today, but it's been reported today that we want to get him in, and I think he'd be an excellent signing. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a, a bit of a selection headache for for your kind of Who do you play, Diallo or um, Oli Burke in that position? Uh, let me think. Um, I'm going to say our our open you would be fantastic. There's no competition, is there? Really, um, get rid of that headless chicken ASAP and and put a player in there with a bit of quality about him. Um, and hopefully can create us a few chances and, and give us a bit of life down that, well, probably either wing, really. Uh, but Ben Davis, we understand the Athletic um, say that he's in for a medical today. Um, there's another one as well. This has been going around for a while. Uh, Uriel Selly or Celly, I don't know how you say his name, Peruvian young lad. Apparently, we, we've, apparently we've had a deal in place for him for a while, but it's not quite over the line yet. That's according to Alan Nixon at The Sun. So it's a little bit difficult one. And the other one that we've got to keep an eye on as well, which was mentioned yesterday, was Robin Olsen. Goalkeeper Robin Olsen used to be at Everton. Uh, apparently we've 
we've got a deal in place with Roma to sign him on loan. I didn't even know he was at Roma personally, um, but that is dependent on Aaron Ramsdale's future. There was whispers yesterday that Ramsdale wants to force a transfer through and a transfer request in, but that came from the mirror. So <laughs> take that with a pinch of salt. But either way, we are desperate for signings. We're desperate to bring players in. Um, and for me, if we're bringing a, a centre half, a midfielder, and a winger, I'd be I'd be quite happy, really. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You got two Saki comments for the price of one uh, this week. He's already at it. Uh, so West Brom up against Sheffield United is on Wednesday night. And since there's midweek action for both of us, it means we get no sleep and we'll have more action for you on Thursday. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at the Figgin. Connor, uh, Figgin? Figgin, Figgin. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Figgin. that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was a, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddiff. <laughs> <laughs> Cardin wow. already. I can't believe I've just said <laughs> We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Yes, Football Forum, back business as usual. Nine o'clock Thursday night in your podcast provider. Right, onwards we go then. This is Unpredictable. To Unpredictable and uh, another round of the predictions. By the way, predictions, season predictions. We normally spend about three quarters of an hour going through them every, at the start of every series. They will be on Thursday when our graphic designer is back. So, uh, Connor, even though you've still not given yours, you've got until Thursday to sort it out. Right, um, onwards we go and look at uh, last week. Uh, because it's only United on Wednesday, only two games from uh, the weekend. And that means the first five-pointer of the series goes to me. Uh, Wednesday, 2-0, spot on. Uh, but you two both going 1-0, so you do get two points. Everyone had a nightmare in the Swansea game, and it does mean that after two rounds, uh, you two are both on six, but you've gone from first to last, uh, because I'm now leading with seven. As we go, it's a round of a three for the midweek action. Uh, right. Wednesday up against Fleetwood first. Tuesday night, 7.45. Fleetwood in 22nd. Wednesday in sixth. Connor, your prediction first, and your preferred 11 as well mm, yeah this is a tough one actually because do you start how we finished and how we finished was obviously a lot better than how we started but that that also involves putting Dennis Adeniran on the right hand side and that is not his preferred position but I'm very tempted to say start how we finished the issue is you know I'm not sure if a midfield three of Byers Wind and Bannon would be good enough off the ball but I'd like to think that we'd be doing most of the attacking tomorrow night. So maybe it'd be on the ball where it really counts. And I, and I think that if you can push Bannon further up, allow Byers to sort of take that role of picking up from the defence and playing it forward, you could have situations like on Saturday where Bannon can get himself a goal or really feed that key pass through rather than playing a sort of 30-yard switch ball, getting to play those passes in more dangerous areas. Um, there's n- nothing really that Green or Johnson did to make me think we must play them again. Um, so on the left-hand side, I'd be fairly easy with who it is in terms of whether we bring could even bring Silla So in. I'm not sure how ready he is. And you could probably say the same for, for Theo Corbin as well. So we've got quite a few options on that left-hand side, whether Shadipo's fit, could he come in? 
I'm not too sure. I think if Shadipo's fit, I think you probably do bring him in. If not, if Marvin Johnson, after playing for an hour, can go again in a short space of time after not having a pre-season, I'd probably give him the nod, give him another chance. I think Green's had more opportunities this season than he hasn't delivered. Um, if he's not in that position, then I think Green probably starts on the left-hand side. In terms of strikers, Gregory, if he's fit, I think he starts. I think if he's ready to go for an hour, he can start. Or maybe Canberry can come off the bench in, in a similar sort of the flip, the opposite way of what happened on Saturday. I think that would probably be the best way to go. Um, back four, I think, picks itself at the minute. Obviously, the goalkeeper does, so that, that'll be unchanged. Um, it's just that midfield that could be rejigged a little bit. Um, but, but then the question, it does beg the question, do, does it offer enough off the ball? And I, and I guess that these are things that we might have to learn as the season goes on because it's it's a new team. We haven't seen that much of the players. Uh, obviously, Darren Moore will have ideas in his head about whether it offers enough off the ball or what midfield balance is the best to go for. But um, certainly with certain things like that, it might be something that we sort of get more knowledge of as the season goes on. But, you know, if I'm going to go one way, I'd start how we finished at, at the weekend um, with Marvin Johnson coming into that 11 for green, if fully fit. Right, so your prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Wednesday win. Um, you know, I think that's probably the most likely. I think Fleetwood, capable of starting games well. I think they might get might, might make us concede our first goal of the season. Um, but I, I'm confident that although we won't be at a free-flowing best yet, I'm confident we've got enough quality to get past them. So 2-1 for Connor. Uh-oh, this is worrying. Right, Chappers, you next. I've just seen what's happened. But yeah, I'm going to go when 2-1 to Wednesday as well. Um, I think Wednesday will probably have too much for Fleetwood. But after, you know, Connor said earlier how, not necessarily how well Fleetwood have played, but they did have some decent moments in their last two games. I think they will nick a goal um, 2-1, 2-1 Wednesday. 2-1 Wednesday, so it's the first time it's happened this series. I've also gone 2-1 Wednesday. Which Just to say, I put my prediction in first. I you did. I put my no, in. I know. I was going to go 2-0 Wednesday, but then I saw Fleetwood scored at the weekend. They lost 2-1 to Lincoln, so I thought pretty much is going to be the same sort of thing. So, 2-1 Wednesday for all three of us, which means it's going to be 7 note Fleetwood, knowing our luck, right? Onwards we go then from Wednesday to United, who sit 20th. We're not in the bottom three anymore, although, well, not far off. Uh, against fourth place, West Brom, who uh, haven't lost so far this season. Chappers, you first. Yeah, I'm going to go. I know I said this earlier, so I gave a bit of a hint as to which way it was going to go. And I hope this isn't the case, but I do think we'll lose 1-0. Um, I think it'd be quite a cagey affair. Um, I don't think there'll be much between it, but I do think... West Brom will nick a goal. We know how Valerian Ishmael sides want to play and like to play. I saw a brief bit of their game against, well, I saw the second half of their game against Bournemouth early on. Um, and some of the corners that Alex Mowat was Alex Mowat was whipping in were exactly the same as the ones he was doing for Barnsley when Ishmael was there. Um, so we have to be careful about those. We haven't been particularly great defending set pieces in previous times. Um, so we need to make sure we're really tight on those. Um, I do think West Brom will make this 1-0, but like I say, I hope that doesn't happen. And I'm going to do the same as Connor. I'm going to give my start at 11 as well. It's a, it's a really difficult one because I don't know in terms of formation what, 
what to do. Obviously, we've kind of been playing a bit of a 4-2-3-1 recently or a 4-3-3, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, obviously, Ramsdale in goal is a bit of a given. You probably would play Baldock because I think defensively he is better than, than Bogle. I think offensively Bogle's better, but if we could have a combination of the two, that would be perfect. Basham and Egan have to start for me. Like I say, I, I was quite happy with Robinson as a left-back on, on Saturday defensively, but I didn't think he offered much offensively. I would quite like to see Norrington Davies in there, but I don't think he will start. Um, I, I, yeah, I just don't think he will. Sander Berger is obviously an absolute given, but he has to be given more licence to get forward and carry the ball. Oli Norwood's not quite done it for me yet this season. Um, I thought he was better on Saturday than he was against Birmingham. Uh, but again, some of his set pieces are absolutely dire. Corners and free kicks. There was a couple of decent ones on, on Saturday. I'll, I'll give him his due for that and I will credit him for those. Um, but again, the vast majority weren't that good. Oli Burke could be straight out of the side for me. If we hadn't signed Ahmad Diallo or anybody who can replace him, I'd be sticking Jaden Bogle there because he is absolutely awful. He really is awful. McGoldrick has to play. Um, he really, really do. In fact, you know what? I'd, I'd be sticking McBurney, and I thought McBurney played well against Swansea and Birmingham, actually, when he came on. Um, and I know that he's literally played two games because he's not had any pre-season, but I, I'd stick McBurney in there somewhere. I'd stick Brewster straight down the middle, take Sharp out. I didn't think he did anything on, on Saturday Sharp. Um, and is that everyone? I can't remember. Bogle? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I think that's that's roughly it. Anyway, take Sharp out, take Burke out. Vieira for Norwood if he's here in time. Ben Davis maybe. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's, that'd be where I'm going. But I'm going to go 1-0 one, one West Brom. 1-0 West Brom for Chappers. I'm sticking with my uh, my routine of going the exact same scoreline for both sides every week. Uh, so I'm going 2-1 West Brom against United. Can't see United winning this one. Uh, they will get a goal, I imagine. But uh, yeah, I can't see us winning this one. 2-1 to West Brom for me. Connor to finish us off. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to West Brom. I know we've gone on the 2-1 route and we <laughs> sounds like we're copying each other, but I did have this one in my head as well. I think that be interesting to see you know, I think with West Brom, it's going to be a lot of long balls and a lot of counter-pressing and it's going to be difficult for United to play. And if United are going to try and play out from the back, I think they might struggle in this one. Alternatively, if they try and, and I know this might cause a bit of a reaction, I think this is a game that will suit Ollie Burke with pace in behind because West Brom will play a ridiculously high line. And I'm not saying he'll score. I'm not saying I'll have the composure to score, but he will get into good positions and he might just take one of those chances. So I can definitely see United scoring. I think they might struggle to deal with the aerial bombardment, the pressing. And I think West Brom will just have enough to win this game 2-1. If, if I was Slavici, Akanovic, I'd be playing three at the back just to try and cope with that aerial um, bombardment that you're going to face. When you say that, it reminds me of the the Simpsons gym character that uh, that always shouts bombardment. So uh, there we are. <laughs> anyway, so pretty much what that means is, is as it stands, Connor's going to finish last because he's got exactly the same scoreline as me. Anyway, that is just about as far as we go for this afternoon. Uh, but before we go, time for the uh, the answer to the quiz question, Chappers. Yeah, uh, just a quick reminder. The question was, out of all the three EFL divisions, which teams, because I've seen on the same, have got the worst goal difference after two match days so far? Udafield. Preston. What was that, Adfield? Udafield. Connor got the other one, Huddersfield and Preston, yeah. both on minus four. 
Um, Preston not had a very good start to their season, neither of Huddersfield, but uh, less worse than Preston in terms of points wise. Uh, but yeah, you are absolutely correct. Huddersfield and Preston are the two worst. There was a lot of, there's quite a few on minus three, um, but Huddersfield and Preston are both on minus four. Obviously, if we were including the Premier League, Leeds would also be in their country when they got their bottom handed two wins on Saturday uh, lunchtime by Manchester United. It's lovely stuff. So that's about as far as we go this afternoon. We're back. Thursday, 9 o'clock in your podcast provider. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bringing you the latest from across the Steel City. It's a beautiful day. This is Football Forum.